thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Health Issue Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. Today's podcast is all about cognitive function or should I say in the case of sleep-deprived shift workers, a lack of cognitive function. And I've brought a really special guest on the show um, to talk more about this topic today, and that's Emily Brees from Milton Keynes, which is a town just outside London, all the way over there in the United Kingdom. So Emily is a postgraduate student from UK's Open University, who is currently conducting a research study on some of the effects of shift work, including the disruption to our circadian rhythms, or that sleep-wake cycle, and how this affects our cognitive function. So to talk more about this interesting topic, I'd like to give a warm English healthy shift worker welcome to Emily. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Actually, I just realised, as I said that, Emily, I'm not sure if warm, the words warm in English actually go hand in hand (laughs) in the same sentence or is that being a little bit cheeky? (laughs) Um, No, that is certainly true. It is tipping it down with rain currently. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh and it's sort of summer really for you isn't it at the moment um yeah we haven't really had much of of a summer um but yes I suppose technically it's just coming towards the ends of it oh okay well I won't I won't talk too much about that because we've had the most amazing winter that it's probably been warmer than your summer (laughs) (laughs) I don't doubt that at all Oh dear. Well, look, I know it's currently, um, you know, morning for you um, right now over there in the United Kingdom and it's it's evening for me here in Australia. So thank you, you know, very much for joining me. Um, but just to kick off the interview, I'd really like to learn more about you, Emily, because, you know, we haven't met before. We've just connected through social media. So would you mind sharing, you know, with our listeners, you know, just a little bit about yourself? I mean, what like um what's your what have you done you know leading up to this event what have you studied I know you've done an undergraduate degree and I guess what set you on the path to kind of wanting to do you know research on you know specific to do with shift workers so I first started studying psychology way back in a level so when I was 17 18 um and that's when I first sort of came across this circadian rhythm and this sleep cycle um and I then went on to do my undergraduate degree um and I did that in psychology Uh, And I didn't really do much about circadian rhythm. Um, It wasn't really taught much, um, but I decided to shift discipline slightly. So I did my master's degree in neuroscience at King's College London. Um, And it was there that I saw this PhD advertised. um, And I remembered how interested I had been in circadian rhythm and sleep. Um, And I'd also been a shift worker myself. So I'd worked in a nightclub previously um, and I'd been doing university at the same time. So I'd been up all night and then up all day as well. So I was really, really interested in the thought processes and the thinking related to this constantly changing shift pattern. Um, So, yeah, that's how I ended up here. And that's how I've ended up so interested in uh, circadian rhythm, cognition and shift work. So you've had a personal, um, I guess, journey with this yourself, you know, having done shift work yourself. Yes, definitely. And I I definitely know the (laughs) struggles that you go with with the... Constantly changing shift patterns. 
Yeah. Oh, that's really good that you do, you know, have a really good appreciation of, you know, the, the, um, of what the shift workers are going through with your study. And we'll get into that in a minute. Um, you know, so you can sort of have a little bit of, um, I guess, a bit of compassion. What was they're sort of facing? Yes. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, that you, you know, did psychology because I did. Uh, I think I was speaking to you about this uh, prior. I did interview a, a lady that's doing a, a similar or well, a shift working study down here in Australia, Dr. Amy Re- Reynolds, and that's on an earlier podcast episode. And her undergraduate degree was psychology too. So it's interesting that you've both yes. kind of gone on the similar path. <laughs> yes, I think that when you study psychology, you're either very focused on the cognition and the biology side of things or very focused on the social side. And I guess I guess we were both on the same side. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, well, that, that kind of makes sense then. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, look, uh, you know, before, I guess, you know, we did um, connect because originally through, as I said, social media, because you sent me a link to the yeah. study that you are working on at the moment, and we will talk about that yeah. in a second. But there is there is quite a lot of research out there, you know, identifying this link between poor sleep and, a, you know, a decrease in alertness along with our memory, you know, and ability to make decisions, you know, quickly, uh, isn't there? Yes. So what we found um, in our preliminary studies was that there was lots of individual studies about cognition. So lots of studies just looking at attention or just looking at memory. Um, And there wasn't really a cohesive study that looked at many aspects of cognition across one sample group. Um, And we think this is really important because actually if we can identify a similar cognitive profile across shift workers, we can try and help employees, employers to alleviate the cognitive decline that occurs over shift work if we know what areas are specifically being declined. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you're you're looking at all of the different areas, the memory, the attention, yeah, that alertness yeah. as as a, as a group to see which one is more prevalent. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah, definitely. Ah, okay. Yeah, excellent. Very excellent. Look, I remember um studying, sorry, coming across a journal article probably oh, maybe about 3 years ago now, um and it just kind of blew me away a little bit, but I think it was published in the Occupational and Environmental Medicine Journal. And it was it was on cognitive function, and I couldn't I couldn't quote the specifics at the moment, but I do remember the study saying that there was that noticeable impairment in those that had worked shift work for over ten years. Um, yes, and in fact that that loss of cognition was equivalent to the brain having aged six and a half years, which is you know pretty scary stuff but the good news that it did say about the article was that um, this decline could be reversed but that's if you switched back to kind of regular hours however it could take at least five years (laughs) for that to occur have you heard about that research or what are you I guess your initial thoughts about that sort of thing yeah, so I've, I've read similar studies, um, and one that jumps out was um, uh, conducted in air hostesses, uh-huh. um, yeah. and they found that in the newer air hostesses, there wasn't as much as the decline, and um, yeah, it really showed more, obviously, in the ones that had been working longer times. Um, now, they obviously have jet lag 
added as well as an external factor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't doubt that across shift workers, the longer you are a shift worker and the longer your circadian rhythm is under this constant fluctuations, the more it affects your cognition. Yeah, and look, I mean, I myself, I was a shift worker for two decades, so 20 years, but I know yeah. plenty of other people and it, you know, it's not uncommon for someone to be working, you know, say 30 or 40 or even over 50 years in this yeah, industry yeah. because of, of what it is. Like it's a lot of, you know, the transportation industry, the manufacturing, yeah. um, emergency services, kind of once you kind of get into it, you kind of stay for the long term. It's not something that you do yeah. for six months unless you can't, you know, shift work's not for you. Definitely. Yeah. Um, of course, shift work is always going to exist. Um, it's part of our 24-hour society nowadays. Yeah. Um, so we're really aiming just to make it a little bit easier for people um, to do this shift work. Well, I think you've got everyone listening wanting to kind of give you a bit of a hug. <laughs> through. <laughs> um, yeah, if, 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 it, if it does, you know, equate to kind of um, bringing about changes in the workplaces. I mean, but actually in saying that, again, I, I read a, um, I don't know how I stumbled across this, but this was a fairly recent article uh, posted uh, online, uh, the Washington Post, so, um, you know, just that, that particular newspaper. And it was dated March this year, so, you know, fairly recently. Thank you, yeah. yeah, and it was outlining, you know, how first-year doctors in the United States are now going to be allowed to work 24-hour shifts starting from July this year. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts on that just straight away, I just think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it is a big impact on the human body having those 24-hour sleep deprivation periods. Um, the struggle doctors also have the emotional impact of quite a stressful job. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I don't doubt that it will have a huge impact um, upon these young doctors. And I wonder if it will lead to recruitment efforts to ensure that they can actually handle it before they get to that stage whether there will be a testing period where they can really find out if it's if it's something for them because it takes a certain type of person to be able to do those 24-hour periods um, and hopefully they'll they'll make the most of having an area where they can go and have some sleep um, because your cognition is not going to be as best as it can after that long period yeah but I guess you know my thoughts on it is that you know we, we sometimes think that doctors you know are, are it can be superhuman but they're no real any different between you and I like their biology no. is exactly the same so they yeah and I, I just think that that just seems to be crazy and, and obviously there's also more you know, I think it's a 17 hours of sleep deprivation, so even less is even equivalent to, they say, you know, a drug alcohol, sorry, an alcohol, blood alcohol reading of 0.05. So that they're technically, or someone is technically drunk just from 17 yeah. hours. So 24 just does my head in. Yeah. I mean, there's been studies that have been done on just 12-hour shifts that have shown a huge increase in lapses in attention which particularly for doctors, I mean, for a lot of careers, that really isn't going to be something that you need <laughs> during your shift. Um, so, yeah, I don't doubt that it will have a, 
massive, massive impact. And there is studies that show that different people do have different resilience to it. I remember even when I was in, in the nightclub and working, there were some people who just couldn't function past two o'clock in the morning. And then there were others that were, were fine and they wouldn't go home and sleep and they could easily get up and stay up for five, six, seven more hours past the end of their shift without having a huge impact. Um, so I think that there definitely is individual differences um, and being able to categorize them might enable shift work employees to be able to really focus on who is going to be capable of doing these longer night shifts and who is actually more suited to the day shift and is going to be more productive for the company or the government or whoever that employs them. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. So you're, you're referring to like a, uh, someone's well, it is genetics, obviously, but someone, whether they're type of chronotype, so whether they're a early person or a night owl, is that where you're heading yeah. with that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I hate to say it, but as shift workers, you know, we, we probably don't even need to be seeing this or hearing about this research ourselves because we do know firsthand what it's definitely. like to um you know experience this lack of sleep i mean i know that uh you know, i started shift work in my early 20s and by my early 30s i was noticing my cognition wasn't as well as in i would even forget the names of my workmates which i i've been yeah. working with them for years i mean that's <laughs> that's a bit scary isn't it Definitely. And there has been studies, obviously, that your cognition decreases over your age. So that's another impact factor for these shift workers who have an increase in age affecting their cognition, but also this circadian misalignment and all of the impact factors of working shift work. Um, and it's something that we're actually trying to study more now with, with our cognition study. Um, and we're controlling for age and seeing if there is a variation there. Oh, okay. I see. So, yeah, you're going to be – so it's open to anyone at all, all different ages. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, great. Well, um, so let's talk more about uh, the study that you are actually, um, you know, being quite heavily involved in, Emily, because it, it when I shared it on my uh, Health Issue Worker Facebook page, there was a huge amount of interest. Like I know that – there was yeah. a lot of tagging and a lot of sharing and a lot of like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is, you know, me and everyone's putting their hand up because they could resonate, you know, so much with it um, and were sort of keen to kind of get on board yeah. with it. But what are some of, um, you know, for somebody who doesn't really know much about it and, and about the study, what are some of the things that you're looking at specifically, um, you know, to access, uh, sorry, assess the cognitive function? So first off, we ask some questionnaires um, and these really look at your sleep pattern um, and your general lifestyle before that, um, because there has been studies that have shown different levels of activity during your shift can affect your cognition, um, different sleeping patterns. So if you have any pre-diagnosed uh, pre sleep disorders, that can affect your cognition as well. So the questionnaires at the start are really to try and identify any external like impact factors uh, which might be affecting your cognition aside from obviously the quite uh, quite pressurised shift work. Mm. Um, and then we do four cognitive tests. Now, these assess four different domains. Now, I can't say precisely which domains they are, 
um, because these domains have shown that if you know what you're doing for them, you can try and like pay more attention or work harder at harder at um, those areas so that would actually affect our results quite a lot um, but they do, are measuring a wide range of cognition we've really tried to focus on areas we think are most important to shift workers um, areas that they're using constantly throughout their shift um, and also the areas where a decrease in them will have the biggest impact in their life um, so we've really tried to focus it down to finding the areas that are going to help help us help the shift workers oh nice okay I like that yeah <laughs> something that it can be actually applied in the home life so for yeah we are, which what sort of example like can you give this one example yeah so the test itself I don't know if you've ever done brain training like apps or or games those sort of things no I'm not brave enough to <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of them will be very, very simple computer games. Yep. So things like reaction time tasks or problem solving sort of things. Um, and they really isolate down areas of cognition that we're trying to focus on um, and just try and measure it across across one shift. Right. Okay. So I think you. Um, my understanding is that they do have to fill in this or this survey at the beginning of their shift and then at the end of their shift. Is, is that correct? Is that how it's kind of working the before and after? Is that the reasoning behind it? Yeah. So we have the set of questionnaires which the participants can complete at any time. These take about 15 minutes, so you can do them whatever time you want. Um, and then you do two tests before your shift. Again, they take about 15 minutes. And then you do two different tests after your shift. Now, obviously, I understand that after a shift, you don't really want to go go home and sit down at your computer. Um, but unfortunately, without testing that full range, we can't get a thorough picture of what what's affected. Yeah, because it, it, it is exactly what you're testing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, testing that decrement over over just one shift. Oh, so that's good then for anyone interested in doing it and just the thought terrifies them that they have to go and sit in front of a computer after their shift they if they think yeah they only have to do it once well then yeah that's that's a good thing yep so it's 15 minutes and then you're done you can go go sleep or if you're brave enough get up and go carry on with a regular day Okay, well, we're not going to actually approve that on this podcast, that's for sure. I'm going to send everybody off to bed. <laughs> we definitely don't want to be going them going off and doing other stuff if they've just worked a 12-hour shift. Um, yes. Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely for sure. Yeah, all right. And um, so can it be done? Like can people do this through a mobile phone or something, Emily, or has it got to be done at a particular like a, a laptop or something yeah so unfortunately at the moment we haven't managed to develop it to be done on a mobile phone and the reasons for this is that mobile phone screens are quite small um, and in order to properly do the cognitive task we don't want you to be sort of just focusing on a very very small screen um, so at the moment it is only on laptops um, however we are looking to develop it to be more of an app um, and changing the tasks so that they can actually be run on a smaller screen without affecting the results. 
Oh, that's a really good point because, yeah, that would definitely affect it, isn't it? Like people were sort of guessing almost if they can't read it properly. Yeah, precisely. And also the variation in phone screens. I know I have quite a small screen, um, but I know you can get get a much larger one. Um, so, yeah, we're really just trying to focus down and make sure that external variables aren't massively affecting the results that we're getting. Yeah, everybody would be chasing after who's got the biggest mobile phone. <laughs> they'll use that they'll share it around yeah interesting (laughs) and how long is the study uh just for people that uh, might be listening uh, emily and they're interested in doing it like how long is the study going for and is there like a a finish date if they they sort of hear this three months from the time that i've recorded it Yeah. Uh, yeah how long does it go for Um, So to start off with, we're going to run for six months. So we're about one month in now. Um, So we're going to run for six months and then review the results and really try and uh, optimize the testing to try and really help get more participants. Because obviously, the larger the sample, the more beneficial the results. So we're going to start off for six months and then hopefully carry on for another six months after that. Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the longer the study, uh, the more accurate results yeah interesting excellent do you just based on the you know the research that you've been reading as well have you kind of come across you know any particular strategies that you know our listeners might you know find beneficial in in regards to helping to reduce some of the effects of fatigue associated with lack of sleep yeah i mean there is loads of interventions out there with varying levels okay, well, this of podcast validity. is only 30 minutes so we've got <laughs> <laughs> but hit us up with a few that'd be great <laughs> so one of the uh, big things at the moment is pharmacological interventions so these are taking sort of things like melatonin um to try and alleviate these these effects um the results are it's quite a new thing and the scientists are still trying to work out exactly how good it is, the best way to take it and things like that. Um, So other things that you can do involve napping strategies. Um, Obviously, not all workplaces are going to allow you to have a nap on your 20-minute break. Um, And, yeah, so obviously some of these strategies aren't entirely practical. Um, One of the strategies that is coming becoming more and more popular is light therapy Mm. um so i know that you've done podcasts previously looking at the blue light of your phones keeping you awake um well before you sleep um so this light therapy really tries to help in the workplace to keep you awake but then not affect when you're trying to sleep um This, again, is quite early studies. I know quite a few companies, one at Oxford, um, is trying to work out exactly the best way to use this. Um, But I would say there isn't a confirmed strategy that will work for everyone. I think really you you know yourself what's what's best for you and how best you can deal with things. Um, And, yeah, so really working out what's what's best for the individual at the moment and there isn't a set strategy unfortunately that has shown to be 100% perfect for 100% of people. Mm, We are so yeah quite uniquely different. Interesting what you were talking about with the napping I mean even the research on that that's varied um, you know, in most of those studies I've found in regards to napping, they, they do the studies on people that aren't, don't do shift work. And so they say, yeah. you know, the, the 20 minutes is ideal. 
um, but then I've sort of looked more about, more into it from other people that have done yeah PhDs on sleep medicine and things and yeah. given the uh, actual sleep cycle sits between the 70 to 90 minutes that for some people that you know if it's actually sleeping or napping for a 90 yeah. minute cycle can actually be quite good too because you're going through that full sleep cycle and once you come out of it you're good to go yeah and that's the problem with a lot of studies actually that they're not done on real life shift workers Mm. so a lot of the studies on cognition have been done in sleep labs where they've got in normal people (laughs) (laughs) who aren't shift workers and they sort of manipulated this 12-hour supposed shift Mm. Um, and I think that's something that we're really trying to alleviate in the fact that we want real shift workers they're the people we're trying to help they're the people we're trying to measure and um, alleviate this cognitive deficit so yeah we're it's quite a problem with a lot of um, sleep and cognition studies that they're just not using the real real shift workers Mm, that's an extremely good point yeah extremely good point and um and and then once the study is completed then we kind of need to make sure that those results whether they're positive or negative do filter down to the right people so the shift workers themselves and the shift working organizations um so that yeah changes can be brought in um, to the workplace and uh, yeah I'm just hoping that they filter to the 24-hour doctor <laughs> workplace and get done about that because yeah fascinating yeah and it is an option on my particular study that you can write down your email address and receive a report at the end of my study um, which will be outlining all of my findings um, and this won't be a load of scientific jargon um, it will be very understandable so that is an option for participants if they do want to find out more and follow up on on my work excellent yeah well i think um i think a lot of people would would like to do that because uh, it kind of makes it more real to you know see their own yeah. results so yeah, fantastic. Well, look, this has been great uh, chatting with you, Emily. Um, so if there is anyone listening to this episode right now um, and they're keen to be part of the study that you're currently doing, uh, you know, what should they do? Where should they go? So you can either email my personal email address, um, which I will provide, um, yeah. or you can go to your Facebook page where you very kindly shared the link to it. Um, similarly, you can go to my Twitter page, um, which is at Emily underscore Louise 548. And the study is advertised there as well. Okay, so Twitter, your sorry, the Twitter is, I'm just going to write it down there that so I can pop them in the show notes. So it's Twitter at Emily. So I'm not a underscore. Twitter person. <laughs> I don't tweet. <laughs> It's a great source of scientific information. I find it really, really it? helpful. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I might need to get, get cracking in the tweeting. Sorry, can you just repeat <laughs> that one again for me? So that's at Emily underscore Louise 548. 548, great. Um, and the email address um, for people to be able to contact you? Yep, that's emily.breeze yep. at open ac.uk excellent fantastic and i'll um i'll make sure that i'll pop the link up to that same we are the one that i put shared on my facebook page a little while ago too so that people can actually access it 
um, you know, yeah. from the, the iTunes link to this uh, actual podcast. So fantastic. Well, look, thank you so very much uh, for joining me today, Emily, you know, all the way from the UK. I really appreciate <laughs> it. It's, it's certainly been really interesting talking to you. I, I, you know, I love talking to, to other people that are that are doing research on shift workers because it, I think, you know, we're such, in a, such a misunderstood, um, you know, workforce. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that, you know, our listeners, you know, have really enjoyed um, listening to you as well. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> well, that's it for another edition of the Health Shift Worker podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback and there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page, The Healthy Shift Worker, through my website, healthyshiftworker.com, or you can visit The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit, as this will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organisations all around the world. If you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, healthyshiftworker.com, and enter your name and email address. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.